The following is a presentation of God Questions Ministries. What is the Catholic Sacrament of Holy Eucharist? For Catholics, the Holy Eucharist, or Catholic Mass, is considered the most important and highest form of prayer. In fact, attending Mass is an obligation under penalty of mortal sin each Sunday and on certain other holy days of obligation. The Mass is divided into two sections, the Liturgy of the Word and the Liturgy of the Eucharist. The Liturgy of the Word consists of two readings, one from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament. The Responsorial Psalm, the Gospel Reading, the Homily, or Sermon, and General Intercessions, also called Petitions. The center of the Mass is its second part, the Liturgy of the Holy Eucharist. During this time, Catholics share in the body and blood of Jesus, in the form of the bread and wine passed out to the congregation. According to the Bible, this is done in remembrance of Christ, 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 25. However, according to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 1366, the Eucharist is thus a sacrifice because it represents, makes present, the sacrifice of the cross, because it is a memorial and because it applies its fruit. The Catechism continues in paragraph 1367, The sacrifice of Christ and the sacrifice of the Holy Eucharist are one single sacrifice. The victim is one and the same. The same now offers through the ministry of priests, who then offered himself on the cross. Only the manner of offering is different. And since in this divine sacrifice, which is celebrated in the Mass, the same Christ who offered himself once in a bloody manner on the altar of the cross, is contained and is offered in an unbloody manner. This sacrifice is truly propitiatory. In the book of Malachi, the prophet predicts elimination of the old sacrificial system and the institution of a new sacrifice. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not accept an offering from your hand. For from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. And in every place, incense will be offered to my name, and a pure offering. For my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. Malachi 1, verses 10 and 11. This means that God will one day be glorified among the Gentiles, who will make pure offerings to Him in all places. The Catholics see this as the Eucharist. However, the Apostle Paul seems to have a different slant on it. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Romans 12, verse 1. The Eucharist can only be offered in select places, churches consecrated and blessed according to Catholic canon law. The idea of offering our bodies as living sacrifice fits better with the language of the prediction, which says that the sacrifices will be offered in every place. The Roman Catholic Church believes that the bread and wine of the Holy Eucharist become the actual body and blood of Jesus. They attempt to support their system of thought with passages such as John 6, verses 32 through 58, and Matthew 26, verse 26. In A.D. 1551, the Council of Trent officially stated, By the consecration of the bread and wine, there takes place a change of the whole substance of the bread into the substance of the body of Christ our Lord, and of the whole substance of the wine into the substance of His blood. This change the Holy Catholic Church has fittingly and properly called transubstantiation. By sharing in the Eucharistic meal, the Church teaches that Catholics are fulfilling John 6, verse 53, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Jesus goes on to say that it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is of no avail, 
The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Verses 63 and 64. So, if the flesh is of no avail, why would we have to eat Jesus' flesh in order to have eternal life? It does not make sense until Jesus tells us that the words he speaks are spirit. Jesus is saying that this is not a literal teaching, but a spiritual one. The language ties in perfectly with the aforementioned statement of the Apostle Paul, Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Romans 12, verse 1. In Jewish thought, bread was equated with the Torah, and eating of it was reading and understanding the covenant of God. Cross-reference Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. For example, the apocryphal book of Sirach states, He who eats of me will hunger still. He who drinks of me will thirst for more. He who obeys me will not be put to shame. He who serves me will never fail. And this is true of the book of the Most High Covenant, the law which Moses commanded us as an inheritance for the community of Jacob. Chapter 24, verses 20 through 22. Quoting from Sirach here is not endorsing it as scripture. It only serves to illustrate how the Jewish people thought of Mosaic law. It is important to understand the equating of bread with the Torah to appreciate Jesus' real point. In John chapter 6, Jesus is actually telling the crowd that he is superior to the Torah and the entire Mosaic system of law. In the passage from Sirach, it states that those who eat of the law will hunger still and thirst for more, the language of which is mirrored by Jesus when he says, He who comes to me will never be hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. John 6 verse 35. Jesus is not commanding people to literally eat his flesh and drink his blood. He is telling them the core of all Christian doctrine, belief in Jesus himself. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Verse 29. Therefore, the Catholic interpretation of John chapter 6 is unbiblical. Second, there is a very clear analogy in John chapter 6 to the days of Moses and the eating of manna. In the days of Moses, manna was God's provision for food for the Israelites as they wandered in the wilderness. In John 6, however, Jesus claimed to be the true manna, the bread from heaven. With this statement, Jesus claimed to be God's full provision for salvation. Manna was God's provision of deliverance from starvation. Jesus is God's provision of deliverance from damnation. Just as the manna had to be consumed to preserve the lives of the Israelites, so Jesus has to be consumed, that is, fully received by faith, for salvation to be received. It is very clear that Jesus referred to himself as the bread of life and encouraged his followers to eat of his flesh in John chapter 6. But we do not need to conclude that Jesus was teaching what the Catholics have referred to as transubstantiation. The Lord's Supper, Christian Communion, Holy Eucharist, had not been instituted yet. Jesus did not institute the Holy Eucharist, or Mass, or the Lord's Supper, until John chapter 13. Therefore, to read the Lord's Supper into John chapter 6 is unwarranted. As already suggested, it is best to understand this passage in light of coming to Jesus in faith for salvation. When we receive Him as Savior, placing our full trust in Him, we are consuming His flesh and drinking His blood. His body was broken at His death, and His blood was shed to provide for our salvation. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 26 says, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Whether the Catholic definition of Holy Eucharist is a re-sacrifice of Christ, or a re-offering of Christ's sacrifice, both concepts are unbiblical. Christ does not need to be re-sacrificed. Christ's sacrifice does not need to be re-offered. Hebrews 7 verse 27 declares, Unlike the other high priests, 
He, Jesus, does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. In the same way, 1 Peter 3 verse 18 exclaims, For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Christ's once-for-all death on the cross was sufficient to atone for all of our sins. 1 John 2, verse 2. Therefore, Christ's sacrifice does not need to be re-offered. Instead, Christ's sacrifice is to be received by faith. John 12, verse 1. John 3, verse 16. Eating Christ's flesh and drinking His blood are symbols of fully receiving His sacrifice on our behalf by grace through faith. God Questions Ministry seeks to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by providing biblical answers to today's questions. Online at gotquestions.org.